0: I'm just going to say it. I don't know why it's hard for me to talk real with you, but it is. And all we ever do is talk weather and sports and sports and weather, and that's it. I don't know. What I really want to say is I'm thankful for how you loved me growing up, and you always made time for me, and I love you. Happy Father's Day.
1: That was really good. You think? Yeah, you need to tighten it up a little bit, but other than that, you're ready. Okay,
0: thanks, Uncle Ron. Here goes. Good. Dad. Son. <sighs> Looks like the uh, clouds are rolling in. Yeah, hope they don't postpone the game tonight.
2: Listen, Dad. I wanted to. I wanted to say something to you. Okay. Just. I just want to thank of you for. for well, thank you for being. You know, a, a dad. Not. Not just a dad. You know, being for being one that's mine, and not. Well, of course not just mine. You're Jessica and Jordan's dad too. But it's. It's cool. Matthew. I, I, yes, sir. I know.
0: Dad, I, I don't think you do
2: know. No, oh, no, I know. I heard you talking about the wrong. I was sitting just four feet from you.
3: Well, I meant it.
0: Father's Day. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a wonderful day of worship. I am so excited about what we have today and just the fact that the Lord's here and we get to be in his presence. We get to encourage one another. We get to sing to him. What a wonderful day. My name is Dwayne. I'm the worship pastor here at Lindsay Lane and it's my privilege to welcome you and if you are visiting with us, we would love for you to fill out this connect card and put it in an offering bucket on the way out of the service. And if you're a first time guest and you put this in the offering bucket, we're going to make a donation to one of our ministry partners on your behalf. So we do hope that you will do that. And of course, you know, we want you to put your prayer request on the back so we can pray for you tomorrow. I must admit, I'll have to pray for you from Georgia because I'm going to go watch my grandbaby for a week. Four hours away. Just the right distance. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to worship you. We thank you that you love us so much. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, Lord, that there is joy in this place, that, God, you give us victory. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to introduce a new song this morning. It's new by Phil Wickham. It's called House of the Lord. We encourage you to stand as we sing. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. We worship the God who was.
3: Sing it out. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the Indoors. He parted the raging sea. by God, He holds the victory. There's joy.
0: this morning. Thank you, Lord. We
3: love you this morning. Amen.
0: We have the privilege of singing to our amazing God this morning. Lord, you are life. You are love. You are our light. Great are you, Lord. All right, let's sing that together. Just focus on him as you sing.
3: You give life. You are love. Bring light to the darkness, you give home, you restore every heart that is broken.
0: God.
4: Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray.
5: Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, church family. My name is, for all of you that doesn't know who I am, my name is Ignacio Ortiz. I'm the interim missions pastor here at Lindsay Lane Main Campus. I'm going to be praying uh, for tithes and offerings this morning uh, for all of you that are first time here. This is something that we do as part of our worship to our great God that we just sing about. So, um, happy Father's Day for all you fathers uh, here in the room. Uh, May the Lord bless you today and every day. Uh, Please join me, bow your heads, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy towards us, Father. And uh, I just want to recognize you, Lord, uh, for your great love towards us that you gave your son to die for our sins, O Lord. And we are so thankful because through him we have established our relationship with you. Thank you for being that loving God that's always for us. I pray, O Lord, and uh, put in your hands those tithes and offerings that my brothers and sisters uh, have uh, separated to give it back to you. For all your blessings, O oh Lord, that you have given us, we're just giving a portion back to you. And help us, Lord, with our efforts to continue to uh, expand your kingdom here and earth. And I pray, O oh Lord, that uh, uh, we use it for your glory. I pray in the name of our King Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
2: Good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to Lindsay Lane, and happy Father's Day to all you guys out there. Today, I'm away as my family and I are on summer vacation for this week, but you are in good hands as our Connections Pastor, Greg Wise, will be delivering the message. Greg and Carla Wise are as rooted in Lindsay Lane Baptist Church as anyone here, for it was in this church that God saved them, changed them, and called them to ministry, and it's our pleasure to have Greg as a lead staff pastor and his family as devoted church members. Greg, we are for you as you are for the Lord. Preach the word, brother. Love you all. See you very soon.
0: saves us, that gives us victory in our lives, we thank you for salvation. In your name we pray, amen, amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Dwayne, and the orchestra, and the praise team. After singing songs of praise and worship of that caliber, I don't know how anybody can't get up here and preach, Amen. Dusty McLemore could preach after that. (laughs) The blood of Jesus washes me. The blood of Jesus shed for me. What a sacrifice that saved my life. The blood, it is my victory. And when we celebrate victory at the ball field or football games or in a gym, we're usually shouting and got our hands raised and doing all kinds of stuff. And I just don't know how anybody can come in here and sing songs of that nature, of that caliber, and can't get excited about it. Amen? Amen. Oh, what love, no greater love, grace, how can it be that in my sin, yes, even then, he shed his blood for me. I walked into this sanctuary 14 years ago lost as a ball in high weeds, and he shed his blood for me even then. And so it's easy uh, most of the time to come in here and to worship and praise and honor God and give him glory. And I would pray that that would be evident in all of our lives in our church family. I don't know how anyone, again, who has been washed by the blood of the Lamb can continually walk into a gathering of this nature and not worship the Lord. Now, I get that we've got all kinds of circumstances that can lead to all kinds of emotions. And to that, I'd ask, are we letting our emotions dictate the truth of who God is? God doesn't change even though our circumstances change. God doesn't change even though our emotions change. Now, I know it's hard to come in here when bad news has just been revealed to you. And in our congregation, that happens at times. Some of us get bad news delivered to us all the time. So to come in and to continue to praise and worship and honor him sometimes is hard. But that doesn't change who God is. I know it's complicated when you and your spouse are quote unquote going through some things. To come in here and lift up your hands. In worship, I know it's hard at times when I'm trying to get three kids ready and out of the house and everybody in the van and everybody's mad, and then we pull up and we put a smile on our face and just go skipping on into the sanctuary. <laughs> but that doesn't change who God is. Some of you may be thinking, so preacher, what you're trying to tell me is that I just lost my job. I have no way to provide for my family. I don't know where our next meal's coming from. I don't know how we're going to keep the lights on. And I'm just supposed to put a smile on my face, put my Sunday best on, and skip right on up into the sanctuary like nothing has ever happened and nothing's going on. No, I'm not suggesting that today. But this should be a hospital for the hurting. We should feel at ease to come in here at times and bring our burdens to the church house amen we can we've got a church family that wants to help you bear those burdens we should feel free to come to the house of worship and lay those burdens at the feet of jesus i don't know about you guys but have you ever been to an emergency room um, or waiting room. Most of the time when you walk in an emergency room or a waiting room at a hospital, there's not a lot of, of smiles going on. There's not anybody just skipping around the emergency room going, hey, guys, it's great to be here at the mercy room, ain't it? <clears throat> it's a lot of frowns, different things going on, moans, all, type, all types of cold symptoms and burdens. But most of those faces look different on the way out. They look much different on the way out. They, they get some confirmation. They get some peace, if you will. And most of the time, they'll leave different than they walked in. I remember uh, probably 12 years ago or so, I woke up one Sunday morning, and I didn't know if I had Bell's palsy or I was having a stroke. I thought that I had Bell's palsy uh, because I was familiar with it in my family, and I was all, all pretty sure that's what it was, but I wanted to make sure. And so we head off, my wife and I head off to the emergency room, And once we get there, just a side note, if you ever want to get to the back of the emergency room very quickly and not sit in the emergency room for three to four hours, just tell them you may be having a stroke. And they will get you back very, very quickly. And I was unsure. I thought that it was Bell's Palsy. And so I tell them, hey, I think I am I got Bell's Palsy, but maybe a stroke. Come on back. Well, they run all kinds of tests, and, and they confirm my thoughts. I got Bell's palsy. and But I leave there uh, with a smile or a crooked smile, if you will, because I had Bell's palsy, <laughs> different than I walked in. Even though I still had a, a situation going on, I got confirmation and some peace about what it was. I got some medication and those things. And, and, and similarly, the church should look something like that. I don't know about you. But I would hope that I would be different every time I walk into this place and I hear God's Word. And I'm able to praise and worship and honor Him. <clears throat> I'd like to challenge us this morning that no matter what we look like, what we feel like, no matter what, what's going on in our lives in this moment, let's commit to leaving here different than we walked in. Can I get an amen? Okay, so you've agreed you want to hear from the Lord today, okay? And so when we have a time of invitation at the end, we better have a full altar. So if the Lord speaks to you today, you better get down here. Uh, Just like at the ER that meets physical needs, let God and his church minister to you and help meet those spiritual uh, spiritual needs in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again. That we can come into this place, Lord, no matter what's going on in our lives, you you are a constant, God. We are thankful that we can come in here and to lift up praise and worship you and hear from your word today. And, God, we pray, God, that we will leave here different today, Lord, that you will speak. Your Holy Spirit will guide and, and lead us and convict our hearts and draw us closer to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If That's not the end of the message. Sorry. If <laughs> If you got a Bible, turn to uh, Psalm 51 uh, today. It'll be on the screen, I think. Uh, If you got a Bible app, you're more than welcome to open that as well. Um, I would like to thank Pastor again for letting me fill the pulpit today. He is off uh, down at the beach on vacation with his family. And I just thank him, uh, Pastor, if you're watching. Hey! uh, Thank you for letting me uh, fill the pulpit today. If you're not watching, I just did that for nothing. So, anyway... um, what I want to attempt to do today is give us some direction uh, from the Word of God that can help us leave here different than we walked in. We will be reading today from Psalm 51, uh, verses 12 through 17. Now, we will focus mostly on verse 12 and 13, but we will read the rest also. Let me preface this scripture with a little bit of backstory. Uh, this is a Davidic psalm. When you say Davidic, does it make you feel like a scholar? Or like a biblical scholar when you say Davidic. So I'm if, you, if you're in a small group, just throw Davidic out there. It doesn't matter if it's psalm or what's going on. Just say Davidic. And it sounds like you know what you're talking about anyway. But what that means is, hey, this is, David wrote this. This is a Davidic psalm. Yes, King David, the man after God's own heart. The quote-unquote man after God's own heart. He is writing these things after he and Bathsheba, uh, quote... Went, went through some things, uh, to say the least. The prophet Nathan has come to David to reveal to him through a parable that he has sinned, and out of those circumstances comes Psalm 51. Let's read those verses, Psalm 51, verses 12 through 17. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels. And they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Now let's unpack some of this. Verse 12 says... Uh, David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Now, this implies that David has lost something that he once had, his joy, the joy of God's salvation. David is implying, I want you to restore that back to me because he's gotten to a place where he has lost that. And I would uh, give us the challenge today if King David... Uh, is is capable of, capable of doing that? As it, as we've already read, if he is a man after God's own heart, if he can lose the joy of God's salvation, does that mean you and I can too? Yes, we absolutely can. To be clear, David nor us can lose our salvation. We're not talking about our salvation today. We're talking about the joy that comes with our salvation. We can lose the joy that comes with that. Now, how does David lose this joy? Spiritually speaking, he's far away from God. In the midst of this scripture here, he is far away from God. Now, you can read some other scripture, and he says, "In the in the midst of that hindsight, 2020, looking back, I realized that I was miserable. But in the midst of this, uh, this this is what he is right. He has gotten far away from God." And he does, he has lost his joy. He's so far away from God, he has to have a prophet tell him, and, and I'll paraphrase, bro, you are living in sin and what you are doing is wrong. If David can get to that place, you better bet you and I can too. If David, the man after God's own heart, can get to a place where he doesn't even know that he's in the midst of that. He doesn't even know that he's far away from God. Now, like I said, looking back, he knew that. But at the moment, in in this moment, he does not understand that he is far away from God. And again, if David can get to that place, you better bet you and I can too. David got to a place in his life where he was sleeping with another man's wife, got her pregnant, then had her husband killed to cover up the affair. And the scary thing is, in the midst of that, right smack dab in the middle of it, he had no convictions about it. So much so that the prophet Nathan had to come and call him on that. Maybe we are thinking this morning, I'm going through some things, but I ain't that far away from God. Have you ever thought about that? So-and-so is going through some stuff, but I ain't that far away from God. Stop. If that's our thought process right now, stop it right there. Any distance away from God is too far. If you don't write anything else down, if you don't tweet anything, this is the tweet right here. (laughs) Any distance away from God is too far. And you don't even have to quote me on that because I don't know if I read it from somewhere else or it just popped in my head and I wrote it down. Any distance away from God is too far. Um, The good thing for us is we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit, much like the prophet Nathan to David, convicts us, leads us, and guides us, and encourages us to stay close to the Lord. We need to stay close and clean. I hear Pastor Andy John challenge our staff all the time, stay close and clean. He prays things over us as a staff like, God, help us to stay close and clean. At this moment that we're reading the scripture, David was not close and clean. So, I beg the question, what's robbing you of the joy of God's salvation this morning? What is robbing us of the joy of God's salvation this morning? Let's put some names to it. Is it lust? Is it lust that is robbing us from the joy of God's salvation? Is it greed? Is it anger? Is it pride? It's Father's Day. Men, most of us have some pride issue. Is it pride that's keeping us far away from God and not where we cannot experience the joy of his salvation? Is it politics? You meddling now, preacher. Politics has gotten some of us into place in about the last year or so where we come into the church and won't even, can't even experience the joy of God's salvation because we too worried about what's going on out there. Maybe it's religion. Is religion keeping you from experiencing the joy of salvation? Maybe it's traditions. Maybe it's not a one-word answer. It may be something very complex. you got a lot of stuff going on. you got a lot of things going on, and we can't just write one word down but a, a paragraph or a few sentences. What is it that's keeping us from experiencing the joy of God's salvation? Whatever that is, even though we may put a smile on and walk up in here like we got it all together, God knows what's going on. God knows your heart. It's hard to worship him when we are far away from God. We may look the part, but on the inside we're hurting. How many of us walk up in here on Sunday morning looking the part, but we're far, far away? My prayer this morning is that whatever that is, that we could lay it at the feet of Jesus and get back to a place where that joy has been restored I've heard the word restore, restore, restore over and over this week as we've studied, as we sang this morning. Restore. That if, wouldn't it be awesome if we walked in burdensome that we can be healed and refreshed and restored by the living God? The second part of verse 12 says, make me willing to obey you. David says, make me willing to. To obey you. Do we pray prayers that sound similar to that request? Do we pray prayers in our prayer time and it's just us and the Lord talking? Do we pray prayers that sound similar to David's request? David says, God, make me willing to obey you. When the Holy Spirit does convict us about something, are we willing to get, get that serious about our own sin? That we would cry out, Lord. Please, I beg you, make me willing to obey you. Or do we just want to keep that pet sin, that pet sin? I remember early on in my discipleship, the Holy Spirit would call me on specific things in my life because I was far, far away from God. I didn't know God for 32 years. And after I got saved, he's calling me about every other hour or so on something And so I would have to pray prayers of of that nature because I want to look at that time and still do. I want to look more and more like Jesus and less and less like my old self. The prayers we have to pray will contradict what the culture tells you. The prayers that we will have to pray will contradict what the culture tells you. God, I want to see people the way you see people. That'll be a prayer that you have to pray. God, I don't want to be judgmental against people who don't look like me. You're starting to meddle again, preacher. God, I want to love my neighbor. Some of us have, our neighbors ain't that good. (laughs) We got stuff going on in the neighborhood. They're loud. They stay up all night. God, I want to love them anyway. God, I want to love my neighbor. I asked earlier, what's robbing you of God's joy this morning? Are you willing to obey God to correct it? Are we willing to humble ourselves to pray hard prayers? What if it means a career change? What if a career is keeping you from your family 60, 70 hours a week and you know the Holy Spirit is calling you on it? Me and we're fathers, Father's Day, Andy John uh, said a couple of weeks ago on Mother's Day that most of the time on Mother's Day, the mothers get this great encouraging message, and y'all walk out of here, and it's awesome, a great word, Pastor. And then the guys come in, and Pastor stomps her toes off. And you leave here, man, you got all after me today. Why, not? Why don't we get the encouraging message that the ladies do? So I'm not going to stomp your toes off, guys, but is God calling you on something God's called us to be the spiritual leaders in our homes. Amen? What if he's wanting you to change job? What if he's wanting you to take a, a, a decrease in income so you can spend more time with your family, so you can invest more hours with your family, so you can invest more hours in your community, so you can invest more hours in your marriage? Are you willing to drop those things? Are you willing to pray those things? Some of us aren't even willing to drop them. We won't even pray it. What if it means a loss of some type of power? Some of us have a lot of clout and a lot of power in the community and other organizations outside the church and we get to oversee a lot of people and make a, a lot of decisions, big decisions and call the shots, so to speak. And for whatever reason, we can't even give up that power and we know the Holy Spirit's telling, hey, it's time for you to leave that. It's time for you to move on to some other ministry or maybe he's calling you to missions. We just left the Southern Baptist Convention this week in Nashville. And one of the things they said is we got to start calling the called again. We're not asking uh, uh, for an altar call. Now, is anybody uh, answering a call to ministry or missions? What if God's calling you to do those things? Are we even praying that God, I just want to be where you want me to be? What if you will have to get out of your comfort zone? Do you pray, God, move me out of my comfort zone? Maybe you're an introvert, but you know that there is a neighbor who needs the gospel, who's lost and will die and go to hell. But you're an introvert. God, please move me out of my comfort zone that I could at least talk to this person. Maybe you're an extrovert, and you like to be out front, and you like to uh, talk loud, and your voice heard, and you lead, and God's talent. Telling you, it's time for you to step behind the scenes. It's time for you to step to the back of the line and just serve. God, move me out of my comfort zone. What if we prayed like that? What if the church prayed like that? God, move me out of my comfort zone so I can be closer to you for your glory and the good of man. Oh, Lord, make us willing to obey you. Verses 13 through 15 Read that I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves, and I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You see what happens when we have that joy and are willing to obey him? We will teach his ways to rebels, joyfully seeing of his forgiveness, and our mouths will praise him. Publicly praising God and teaching others about him is part of the response of God's deliverance in our lives. So I'm doing these things because Jesus saved me. The only way an old redneck country, uneducated boy from Elkmont, Alabama can stand up here and preach to you and tell you about the goodness of God is because of his supernatural Holy Spirit. And he wants to do the same thing in your lives. That's what we're called to do. That's why I'm doing it, because he's changed me from the inside out. Again, publicly praising God and teaching others about him is part of the response of God's deliverance in our lives. So I would ask, has God delivered you? When we have the joy of God's salvation in our hearts and are willing to obey, we can start to get some stuff done. Amen? I'm not getting a lot of amens. I need some more amens. Amen? Amen. Okay, okay. Y'all wait. David mentions forgiveness. When we think on the price that's been paid for our forgiveness, we can easily worship him. No matter what's going on in our lives, when we think of the price that's been paid for forgiveness, we can easily skip on up into the church house and give him some praise. The opposite of that can be seen in the next verse where David says, Unseal my lips. When we are far from God, our lips are sealed in regards to praise and worship. And I've been to those places. I didn't know Jesus at the time, but I used to sit right back there about 14 years ago, mean mugging. Like, I, I'm serious. I, I talk to people now that, like, man, I remember the first time you walked up in church, man, you mean mugging, bro. I was miserable. I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. My lips were sealed. I wasn't I wouldn't praise and worship. I would just kind of move my mouth. You know what? Some of you do it. You just not giving him praise. Not giving him worship. Your your lips are sealed because you got some things going on. Verses sixteen and seventeen. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Much like David, to stay close and clean, we have to be broken over our own sin. That's where most of us, especially us fathers, fail. We're not broken over our own sin. We want to continue to hide it or just, just justify it by whatever means, whatever excuse. Fathers in the house today, again, I haven't addressed you much at all, but I'm about to. So if you ain't got your steel toe boots on, you better put your feet under the pew. I believe that the Bible teaches that we are, uh, us men, fathers, are to be the spiritual leaders in our homes. So everything I talked about today starts with us. Now, again, there are some homes that don't have men in them, and ladies, I greatly appreciate you filling in that void and being that spiritual leader in your homes, but I'm going to talk to us uh, fathers. Again, I believe that the Bible teaches that we are to be the spiritual leaders in our homes. So everything I talk about, again, starts with us. If you have a real, working, intimate relationship with Jesus, you can walk out of here today different than you walked in. Do you believe that? That's right. Everything starts with us. You can pray those hard prayers, fathers. You can ask the Lord for guidance and ask the Holy Spirit to direct your past and do something about it. The Holy Spirit has probably already convicted many of us today about something. And we can lay those things down at the altar or we can sit in our pew and pray about those things and walk out of here different than we walked in. we can say today's the day that we're going to change something. In Jesus' name, anything the Spirit of God has dealt with you about today, you can say today is the day things change. Obviously, ladies, that goes for you as well, not just men. I'm speaking to you guys, but ladies, the same goes for you. Whatever that thing is that's holding you back from worshiping the one true God. You can leave that burden at the altar this morning and leave different than you walked in. Maybe you are here in the congregation this morning and you don't know the Lord. In a group this size, there's probably several folks in here who does not have do not have a real, working, intimate relationship with the Lord. You may be like I was 14 years ago when you walked in. You just play in church. And I'm going to speak to that. I'm fishing to play a short video, <clears throat> and I'm going to preface this video because it goes by really quickly, and I want you to understand what's going on. About 12 years or so ago, uh, there was a thing called cardboard testimonies. And somebody would step out onto a stage, a group of people, or or at some event or concert or something. They would just hold a piece of cardboard, and on the front, it would have like a a who I used to be, and then on the back, it would have like where I am now, or would tell a short story. It would say something like somebody would stand out and say, compulsive gambler. And you would flip it over, and it would say, pastor. And so you would get a great view of that testimony, and... Uh, The video you're fixing to see, there's a a 12-year-old girl. She's going to step out onto a stage with that sign. And I'm telling you what the front of the sign says because it happened so fast. I want you to uh, get where she's headed with it. She steps out onto the stage with that sign, and it says, I cried out to Jesus to save my dad. Watch this. I hope those claps are praises to God. It's not about anything that I've done, but if you hadn't figured it out already, that was me and my, at the time, 12-year-old daughter. I walked into this sanctuary 14 years ago as an alcoholic, a a convicted felon, and a sorry excuse for a father. And I thought that I knew Jesus, Because of religion, all I knew was religion. Religion was holding me back from worshiping the one true God, not only in here, but with my life. I had said a sinner's prayer and been baptized three or four times in my 32 years, but never did I experience the joy of his salvation. That day, 14 years ago, Jesus showed up. Again, like I said, sitting right back there in that pew, Jesus showed up, and it's as if he was sitting right beside me. I'm sorry, Pastor Dusty, I don't remember what you said that day. But Jesus showed up that day, and Jesus says, as if clear as a bell, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Greg, these burdens you have, this alcoholism you have, I'll trade you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I had a decision to make. Now, obviously, I'm standing here before you 14 years later, so I guess you know the decision I made was to surrender to the lordship of Jesus. That's been 14 years ago, and I walked in, I sat right back there 14 years ago as an alcoholic. I got saved on that day, miraculously healed of alcoholism that day. I got filled with the Holy Spirit that day, and I walked out a redeemed saint that day, and I ain't drank a drop of alcohol since. That's been 14 years ago. One of the first people I decided to call uh, a few days later and talk about this with, because I didn't have a lot of Christian friends around me, had a few, but one of those was my daughter's mother that you've seen. Uh, my daughter had gotten saved a couple of years earlier before that video, and her mother had gotten saved a, a lot of years uh, ago before that video, and they lived down in Arab. And I called her because i seen God move in their lives. And I knew what was going on inside of me was the same thing that was going on inside of her. And so I wanted to tell somebody about it. And so I decided I was going to call her. And I call her, my baby mama. (laughs) And I, sorry, I had to slip that in. And I have a serious conversation. And I said something similar to this you ain't going to believe what's going to happen. And you could probably imagine she's probably thinking, oh, no, he's had a wreck, he's lost his job, he's in jail. And she said, what? And I said in my redneck vernacular, I done messed around and got saved. (laughs) And there was a pause, seemed like minutes, but it was probably 10 seconds, and, and she replies, with an emotional tone, something of this nature. I have listened and watched your daughter weep, crying out to the living God to save her daddy and deliver him from alcoholism. And he has delivered. And I tell you that today. Maybe you are sitting in here today, Father. Maybe you're not the spiritual leader in your home. Maybe there's some restoration that needs to happen. It can happen. Whoever this is for today, men, women, couples, children, God can do the same thing for you. Men, don't you want to be that leader in your home more than careers, more than money, more than pride, more than fame? Don't you just want to be a spiritual leader to your children? Would you humble yourself and submit yourself to the lordship of Jesus? That's the question. Would you humble yourself and submit to the lordship of Jesus? Dwayne is going to come and we're going to have a time of invitation. I want to explain to you that we are separated from God by our sin. And the only way that can be made right is through the blood of Jesus. I walked in here one day, I thought that I knew Jesus in an intimate, personal way, and I did not. I knew Jesus like I know Nick Saban. Seriously, I just knew of Jesus. I knew all the statistics, I knew all the stories, but I didn't know him personally. I didn't have a real, working, intimate relationship with the living God. And you can have that relationship before you leave here today. Amen? humble yourself and submit yourself to the lordship lordship of jesus where i believe the holy spirit is inviting us to respond today men ladies children submit to his lordship maybe you walked in with some burdens this morning that's keeping you far away from god it's not allowing you to worship him because you got stuff going on in your life you can just leave that stuff at the altar sure You can pray right there in your pew where you're at. But if you cannot even make a move for the Holy Spirit that's been speaking to you in this hour to come to this altar and lay those things at this altar, the chances of you doing it out there are slim to none. So the challenge is this. If you know the Lord and something's keeping you from him, Leave it at his feet this morning. If you don't know the Lord, we'll have some counselors up here. Uh, Me and Nacho will be up here ready to talk to you about how you can start a real intimate working relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for letting us come into this place today and worship you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you again for the songs and praise that we could lift up to you, God. We pray today for the hearts that are in the room. I pray that every heart in here knows you, but the chances are that is not the truth, God. And I pray that you would give boldness where it's needed. You would give boldness to those who may want to step out and just come down here and pray to you this morning, Lord. But you have your will and your way in this time. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: How great the chasm salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living hope then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the sight roaring lion declared the grave has no claim
2: Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for worshiping with us at Lindsay Lane Baptist Church today. Um, One of our summer interns, Daniel Herman, is going to come up in just a second and give you some announcements. If you are watching via live stream, we have a spotlight video that cannot be broadcast publicly. And so uh, he's going to give the announcements and pray. And when we say amen, the live stream will end. But if you're in-house with us, hang out for just a second and check out this video.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Dan Herman, as he said, and I'll be up here um, this June and July. So I want to just give you guys uh, a few announcements. This Wednesday, uh, we'll be meeting in here at 630. We'll be meeting um, uh, all all through June, 630 at Wednesday nights, um, as well as... I left my notes over there, so good intern move right there. But if you have the Connect card, whether this is your first time visiting or this is your church home, if you'd like to drop a prayer request or just let us know that you are here today, just drop off the Connect card in the buckets outside, and we'll be able to get in contact with you and pray for you. And, And another thing, we have food trucks and fireworks. I'm going to be excited for that. Be sure to grab some flyers on the way out, pass them off to your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, and invite them. We'll be with the rest of the church campuses from Lindsay Lane East, Lindsay Lane North. Uh, so we'll be in Elkmont on June 27th, next Sunday. So be sure to come out there for some food, trucks, and fireworks. And the big announcement, once again, we're reminding you that July 4th is the day we'll be going back to one service. So groups will meet at 9 a.m., and you guys will continue to meet here at 1030 with uh, everyone from the, with the first service. So I'll go ahead and close this in prayer, and we'll be dismissed. God thank you for this day and thank you Lord for your word and thank you Lord that you love us and that you want us to get right with you. Help us Lord just to humble ourselves and pray and seek seek your face God. Help us to each get right with you and focus on you and follow you in what you would have us to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And then the